Yeah. Look at that peak, baby. It's a good peak. Yeah. Solid peak. Did you guys ever have peak in school? Like, you know, where they take like the kids that were like overachievers out of the class and like give them more opportunity to overachieve. Uh, I was in gifted. Yeah, they call it gifted. Is that similar? Oh yeah, I guess that's a Massachusetts thing. Yeah. That, that's that's pretty fucked up. Classes. They're like, you've peaked. Like, that's it. <laughs> like they they knew it. They fucking they knew called it. you gifted. Yeah, like yeah, they they, like, they knew that like after this you'll just have like depression and uh um and, and like a sense of uh underachievement for the rest of your life because there's no other there's no other societal environment or like institutional environment where like that set of skills like rewards you. Instead, you just read the news and like be sad. <laughs> yeah, I've I've been chasing the chasing the high of fourth grade uh gifted science class ever since. Well, the the gift was the extra homework. Yeah. So yeah. technically, yeah. everybody in that program was gifted. Yeah. No, I was in uh, IB. I was in International Baccalaureate. David was I too. Was. We were both in IB. Oh in yeah, Florida. yeah. I failed. Yeah, Florida is one of the few states in the United States that does uh, International Baccalaureate, or at least does it for all four years of high school. Yeah. I think. So yeah, I I've had IB, but it's a uh, irritable <laughs> bowels. <laughs> um, well, we got to touch the IBS. <laughs> Yeah. Someday I'll learn to stop eating dairy, but that day is not here yet. No, no, I would rather just uh just absolutely wreck a toilet than <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I work from home, so it's really not a problem. Uh, and you got you got a fancy bidet, so right. And we have two we have bidets on both toilets, upstairs and downstairs. So honestly, whenever the mood strikes, I'm ready to go. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, speaking of the mood striking inappropriately in food and uh, health-related matters, uh, Christian yeah. Gillibrand <laughs> walked into Incredible transition. <laughs> the king of transitions. <laughs> um, Christian Gillibrand walked into a restaurant without a mask and just, like, strode past the manager and is, like, glad-handing and shit, and the owner comes out from behind the from the back in the office and was like uh ma'am this is a restaurant you need to put the mask on per your own goddamn guidelines yeah until you yeah. sit down yeah you made the rules right well i mean she's a she's a senator so she doesn't like make, make like the have to rules she follow any u.s rules. senators do not dictate state policy yeah. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, you know right. you would at least think that given that she's uh one of the highest offices in the state yeah especially being based she, in blue pilled you know like yeah. They, they're the ones who came out with triple masks, yeah. right? So this is Innovo Kitchen brand. in Colony, and the, the owner... Uh, um, we went to that place once. We? Yeah. Remember, it was, like, small and narrow, and, like, the tables were small, but the food was really right. good. Uh, it looks pretty yeah. good. John LaPasta. <laughs> no, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> La I think it's LaPosta. <laughs> L-A-P-O-S-T-A. Yeah. You know what? He's John LaPasta to me. All right. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Giovanni LaPasta says... He, he, yeah, he LaPosted a video of a maskless Gillibrand Yo. on his uh, restaurant's Instagram account. Oh, man. He goes, I'm in my office, and all of a sudden my manager comes back frantic. We have a very, very strict policy on masks. We are following the state mandate. The man just said Gillibrand blew past her, and she didn't even have a moment to ask her to put a mask on. It's not cool. I'm angry. 
<laughs> Do you not lead by example? It, it infuriates yeah. me. Oh, that's so funny. <clears throat> On Saturday, Gillibrand said in a statement that I will do better going forward. <laughs> Which is <laughs> do better. I don't know why. I don't know why, but that makes me think of Kamala's recent. Um, we, we're doing what we're going to be doing. What we have been doing. Uh, which is what we're doing right now. To do it is every day. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you, unless a, unless a medical professional it? has prescribed Ambien to you, do not take it. <laughs> do not take it. Do not come. It's, uh, yeah, it's, we're 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 led by the the very old and the very medicated. Like that's that's it. That's all. And yeah. and, and um, those are here's, those here's the actual quote. It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to agree that there are things and tools that are available to us to slow this thing down. She also said in that same interview, uh, basically, like, it's not my job to educate you. Fantastic. (laughs) She told people if they're having a hard time finding a task to just Google it. And then the interviewer, I I don't remember the guy's name, but he's like, He's like, come on, like it. We're we're now almost three years into this thing, and you're telling people to Google it. And she goes, well, when you want to go across town to that great restaurant, that restaurant that you heard was really great. What do you do? You do Google. Very relatable. <laughs> yeah, it's like there, that's the there, same. There is, that's the there same. There is no state. There is no social contract. There is only yeah. Google. There is only googling <laughs> things in the privacy of your own home for the rest of your life. That's it. That's all you have. Uh, we've we've replaced like society and government with googling things. That's it. That's all you get now. It- yeah, and she said that word salad in response to the question: um, "Is are the, your administration ready to change tactics given just how bad this peak is? Like, are you ready to do something differently?" Then yeah, just gave the, the, the most bizarre no. non-answer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and somebody posted on Twitter, I saw somebody post like two maps, one of the highest incidence of COVID infection and another of the places in the country where the most people do not have access to the Internet. Because it's easy for us to forget that, like, a lot of people in this country don't have reliable access to Internet. I mean, we barely do. So, <laughs> I mean, we're currently recording a podcast remotely, so I don't know. Well, yeah, but happens. like, how many times, like, do we get dropped calls? Do like, does the internet just yeah. suddenly yeah, stop constantly. working? Right, and like, yeah, we live true. in a fairly decent suburb in like a, an, like in a city, you know, like, an affluent blue yeah. state, yeah. And like, yeah, there's uh, not only in well, and like one, there's like the class status of like. Oh, isn't this a relatable moment when, like, there's a new restaurant in town in your gentrifying neighborhood and you want to check it out? And so first you Google it. It was like, yeah, you know, you do everybody, you, do Google. you know how everybody does that? That's experience everyone has is like your your everything that you do in like your life is just like trying new restaurants like that's. <laughs> like, like, go fuck yourself that that's like the well, you're like the one thing that you relate to is like God. the other thing that like goes unacknowledged in that answer is one like it's hard to get a test even if you do the google like yeah. it's just not it's just difficult to find a test a and place that's willing anymore. to test you they're not free anymore and for in a lot of cases and there are all of these counterfeit along with there being tons of counterfeit uh n95 masks 
which it's fucking shameful that Amazon allows these to be sold on its platform. And it's shameful that the government has done nothing to stop it. There are now counterfeit uh, rapid tests. No fucking way. Yeah. So no fucking way. Just do the Google and buy the fucking counterfeit test that tells you you're negative and you're good to go to that cool restaurant across town that you just Googled. Just Google all of it and just fucking die. Just all of you just die from the <laughs> just Google. Googling and dying. That's all we have left in this country. <laughs> Episode Welcome title. Welcome to 2022, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Speaking of dying. Um, <laughs> There are these parents that are taking to Twitter to say that they're getting letters uh, that their children are truant. So tru- truancy is when, you know, if you're a kid in the public education system, you've missed too much class and now you're considered, you know, truant. And, and you live in the 1940s. Yeah, it's a right? crime. You could be put in kid It's a crime. Jail. Your your parents can can be fined. Um, you, they, you can be taken from your parents. You can be put in an alternate alternative school that basically is like a prison. And like we're living through a pandemic. These kids are missing school for obvious reasons. Probably sometimes their parents are showing symptoms. They have to stay home from work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe the kids are see, are looking sick. Maybe one of their friends is sick. And so they don't want their kid to go to school. Like, yeah, maybe you have they, immunocompromised parents that like, you know, can't afford to get COVID because they will probably die. And their kid going to classes compulsory um, is probably the biggest vector of contamination. Like, in yeah. Their life. And one of these moms says her kid is a, if a first grader. I mean, any truancy policy for any kid under the age of like 14 is just bullshit. Like it does. Like truancy makes sense to me for high school kids because they might be skipping school and their parents don't know. And like that's, you know, generally not good if we just allow kids to like skip school whenever they feel like it. But truancy for a first grader. Holy shit. That's like that like actually is the state coming in and like stepping on the rights of parents and just telling them like, no, you don't have the right to raise your kid the way you want and to. You, like that actually is the conservative nightmare. And you know what's, what's <laughs> yeah. incredible is that I'm on this. I, I My browser has this tweet up that says, you know, just got a letter informing me my son is officially a truant, a first grader. More Unexcused absences will result in a fine for staying home in a surging pandemic. Cool policy. And that is a quote retweet of someone else saying basically the same thing. Um, specifically that like, you know, the, the, like the kid has asthma and stuff like, you know, it's like, this is awful. And then on. And it was in New York City. Yeah. yeah. And then on the right. You know, like Twitter has the what's happening, you know, <laughs> so, like you can like watch things, you know, like people are dying and then on the right. It's like, what did Ashton Kutcher say to to, you know, uh, to, to, to the rock Dwayne the Rock Johnson that got him to, to make a woo face? You know, like you can see that in the side and uh, and it has a promote promoted by Amgen, a biotechnology company that says hashtag dear asthma. What needs to be said to asthma? Oh my fucking god. So I get an, this is just I get an ad from a biotechnology company that's trying to like sell me like a new inhaler next to a tweet about how people are 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 getting fined for being for their kids being truant as if as if we were living in the 1940s. I hate those weird anachronistic words. <laughs> are you being tardy too? Do you get you know, um yeah, it's it's just like insane. This is absolutely hell world. This is hell world. Yeah. <sighs> but in brighter news, bad line go down. That's true. Bad line go down. 
At least around here. In many places. Um, This past week, Boston's, was it this week? I I don't think we talked about this on the show last Sunday, but um, Boston's sewage detection system where they like monitor viral loads through the sewage system, which I don't know why every fucking city in the country isn't doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, It has like, it gives you like a week to two weeks heads up on what's about to happen Mm -hmm. in terms of like hospitalizations. But it's go. It's like fell off a cliff um, this past week. Like, I mean, the bad line go way, way down in Boston. So you know, and you know starting- why that was though, right? I heard the mayor was just running all the te- faucets in City Hall just all night <laughs> to d- dilute, dilute the COVID. Poop. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just diluting the shit out of the sewer system. <laughs> just dumping bottles of water down the storm yeah. drain. Um. But so now the line, the the bad line is going down in the Albany metro area in both Albany County and Rensselaer counties. So hopefully we're, you know, uh, about to pass the people. I'm imagining the Boston mayor going to like the mayor of of like Worcester or something. We're like, man, I like I need I'm going to get I'm going to get I'm going to get tested. I, I, I need your poop, man. Can I get your city's poop? Like, I need some clean poop, man. I need some clean poop. Uh, I, I need I, you to shit clean for me this week. <laughs> I, I've been, uh, I've been a, a staunch and early proponent of checking uh, poop for COVID. Uh, yeah. Th- this was originally done, I think it was in Phoenix. It was in a southwestern town where they, they were at. It was one of these, like, new, like, these post-World War II Sunbelt cities that, um, uh, can like tell by region like where their mm. sewage is coming from and actually had fairly accurate uh um like covid data that they that from like that you wouldn't that would otherwise have to come from like mass testing people and 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 it was something that like at the time in the project that I was working on you know we were we were highly suggesting that like this is not only is it like accurate and and uh relatively easy to do because you only have to test like a water source and not like hundreds of thousands of people but it's also like um a very uh the privacy element is is quite good right because there you're just like testing a a mass of people and you're not disclosing like individual there's no possible way to disclose like individual people's uh like covid status or any other hipaa violation or whatever yeah it's anonymized yeah it's completely in a sewer system yeah uh, it's a little well, odd. for now. Right. And soon we will be able to tell whose poop is yes. whose. I <laughs> guarantee it. Uh, Big Brother, always be watching us. You know, it's it's a little odd that it took us two years to find out that testing our poop is key and drinking our pee is key. Right. And <laughs> test the poop, drink the pee. Yeah, yeah you know, like <laughs> don't mix those did, up. Did, did we talk about that last no, week? No, 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 we didn't. Oh no, yeah, no, we it, didn't. it's a thing. People are drinking, yeah. or, or at least advocating for drinking your pee as a COVID. I mean, treatment. people have people have been saying that drinking your pee cures all kinds of things for yeah. a very long time. So really, it was only a matter of time that that would be applied to COVID as well. Yeah. Um, they call this the yeah. Bear Grylls cure. <laughs> I mean, like you've got to eventually drink something other than pee. Like they're not drinking exclusively <laughs> pee, right? I hope not. Yeah, that no, would be very no, I'm pretty, sick. I'm pretty sure you're right. All fucked up. Yeah, I'm pretty sure eventually you have to drink something that isn't pee. Yeah, yeah, because you got to introduce new water into the system. Yeah. yeah, I hope those folks are staying hydrated. I think the only if people, for no other reason than to make their pee more palatable. Yeah, I think the only people that drink exclusively their own pee are astronauts. 
Ah, yes. Yeah, they say, do they really re- actually recycle pee? Oh, yeah. It on the it's space it's also yeah. their sweat. Yeah. Yeah, it's all it's yeah. all their fluids. They got to recycle it all because like yeah. water's heavy. Yeah, and getting yep. anything into orbit is extremely expensive by mass. Right. So you know, you're talking a kilogram per liter. I, I, we're uh, very uh, very careful about it. <laughs> we watched the uh, the new um, uh, Star Trek Discovery, and there which is uh, actually getting better by seasons. Uh, and there's one where uh, they like <laughs> this this. Uh, um, Admiral is saying, like, you like the taste of that apple? It's made out of our own shit. Because, yeah. <laughs> because they recycle everything at the molecular no, isn't level. That David Cro- yeah. Isn't it David Cronenberg who says that? The yeah, maybe. Yeah, like, like all-knowing, whatever. Yeah, David Cronenberg is just in yeah. for some reason. It's very strange. He doesn't direct like any hol- episodes. He's just a character. That wears glasses for no reason. They're they're like, they're like, why are you wearing glasses? It's the thirty first century. Like we like we can like like make new eyes for you. And he's like, I think they make makes me look smarter. No, but is <laughs> yeah, he exactly. like a hologram? Like, I, 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 I no, like, no, he's not. No, he's no, not. Okay. He acts right. like one though. He's a freaking. He does. Re- no. It's a fucking freak. It's the show's pretty good. I gotta say. Yeah, it's, it's grown on me. Yeah. yeah, the only Star Trek I've watched complete is um, Lower Decks, which. Shout out to Lower Decks. That shit's fire. Yeah, that's a, that's a great show. Yeah. I could never get into it. I just don't really like adult cartoons that much. Yeah, I know. It's a polarizing thing. Yeah. A lot of adults don't like cartoons. I don't, like, hate but... it, but it's just not really, I don't know. It's not. And also, like, Lower Decks is supposed to be canon, but it's full of just such outrageously ridiculous shit that it, it it makes like original series look reasonable like so it kind of like a little a little bit of the purest in me is like pissed off that it bills itself as canon when like yeah. just stupid fucking things are happening all the time but didn't like uh you know captain kirk like literally try to fuck everything yeah yeah what's wrong with that that's very realistic it's incredibly realistic so did riker yeah i and we love yeah, there, there, there is very sex uh, positive <laughs> And I mean, you talk about sex positive. There is an episode where they get the uh, it's it's in, like in the original series DS uh, and DS nine and TNG. I think is like where like everyone gets uh, quote unquote drunk from some virus, uh, and everyone wants to fuck each other. Like TNG oh, did nice. it in, like the second episode. They couldn't fucking wait to do it, <laughs> uh, and that's and that's when. Uh, um, uh, we find out that that data is uh, fully functional, fully functional in multiple techniques and a wide variety of pleasuring. He says that. Oh hell! And, yeah. <laughs> and hell uh, yeah. uh, um, in, in in lower decks, um, they they like show hole. It's funny. They, so what's that episode called? Lo- Love virus sixty nine. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't... <sighs> All right. What do we have next? Uh, we want to talk about Barcelona. And, yeah, let's talk about Barcelona. You know, yeah. So this comes to us from the national. And if this were like a video, uh, uh, I would look directly into the camera and say the newspaper that supports an independent Scotland because that's their tagline. <laughs> OK, it's <is> extremely cool. <laughs> uh, so um, uh, from the national uh, secret service behind Barcelona terror attacks says ex cop. And then the picture of this cop, he looks like uh, like the uh, like a. I, like a street fight character or something. <laughs> He's got like an this enormous man... face mask on. It's so big that well, that's because he has an sunglass. enormous face. Yeah, yeah. He's got a big he... head. He's a head the size of a bear's. 
and his sunglasses are like pushed up from the mask a little bit. <laughs> yeah. The mask is so big, and then he's got like a rider cap on. I don't. I love him. I love. I love the whole is, thing. This man is just a thumb, or maybe Zoidberg wearing a mask and sunglasses and a hat, the, all of which are too small for his enormous head. <laughs> yeah, Ted Kennedy looking ass. <laughs> <laughs> all, all of which is to say, this is the only cop I trust. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so a, a, a former senior officer in Spain's National Police Corps has said the 2017 terror attacks in Barcelona and uh, Cam- Cambrils, Cam- Cambrils uh, were organized by in the country's Atuela. secret service in a bid to destabilize Catalonia before the independence referendum there. Interesting. So I don't know if people remember. I but, do remember that. Yeah. October 27th, 2017, the Parliament of Catalonia basically just declared itself independent from Spain, uh, to which the international community was like, uh, no, you're not. Freaked out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they put the, um, the, the, the highest elected representative for the Catalonian region, like in, um, like wanted by the state and he like escaped for a while and eventually they caught him, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Ten, well, I mean, ten and, sorry, it's essentially go. like sedition. Like imagine if, you know, well, we always what if Texas was just like mm, we're not a state anymore? Yeah, you know everybody would freak out just as much. Yeah, I mean we had a, a whole war over that. We did, yeah. Turns out, yeah, whole last war. Yeah, the the difference being that like Catalonia could probably uh, exist independently, like economically yeah. and stuff, <laughs> whereas Texas would just like absolutely like, could not. Yeah, we, we, yeah, would fall <laughs> apart instantly. Yeah, it would just become a fiefdom of Elon Musk. Like yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah, to just it would, buy it would, the whole thing. Yeah, it would it would instantly become uh like yeah a the, a corporate uh kleptocracy more so than it already is, and it just like its electrical grid would fall apart faster than it already is. It's just awful. And, and what um what's uh really pernicious and and frankly annoying is that you know a lot of RussiaGate people have said that like. Uh, we should have known that Russia would hack the elections because they did it for Catalonia too, and they like put in a lot of misinformation into Spain to force the you know to like brainwash everyone into wanting independence or something. Uh, but but then when you actually look at like what Russia then did, like they also along with everyone else like shrugged off the Catalonian uh, independence movement. Like they didn't like go them on as soon as it happened. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's very strange. But, um, but like Catal- Catalonia is like very different than the rest of Spain, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like the, you know, this is this goes back to like pre-Spanish Civil War times. They have a different language. They, you know, have like a rich history of like um, land and worker co-ops, and like um, there was like anarchist sex. There were socialist sex. There was like a whole everyone vibrant, was having like, sex. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. So, you know, it's a, it's a very you know it's very fancy region very it's that hot yeah, mediterranean homage, blood homage to catalonia was the name of uh george orwell's um non-fiction account of fighting uh in the spanish civil war on behalf of the um forget the name of it, it was, uh, the 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 anarchist organization but um anti-franco forces yeah 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 the abraham lincoln brigade was the name of the um uh, American and British uh, volunteers that went and fought the uh, fascists during that time. I'm trying to remember the name of the the uh, anarchist organization that he was fighting alongside, but whatever. Good book. 
Yeah, and 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 like I, I we this is something that like I think is becoming more well known thanks to uh, Boric's victory in in Chile. But like when a when a country that isn't Germany um, has had like a fascist dictatorship uh, that is then like and then there's like a return to democracy as it's usually called. Like there is still they still have like all of the tools and like uh, uh, constitutions mainly uh, and laws of a fascist dictatorship that you either need to like shit can or like you know do something about and spain still has like a lot of those laws left over from the franco regime which is why this story is like so i mean just on its face very believable right that Mm -hmm. um that the the spanish secret service which is called the the cni um quote wanted to give catalonia a fright but miscalculated the consequences and there is uh, apparently according to this article like a um an a still on the book books um francoist law from 1968 because remember franco was the dictator of spain for a very long time um that w- that saw that basically tr- the citizenry was treated legally as a minor like as a whole, everyone was like, like it couldn't it couldn't have sex if it wanted yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Like every if you if you've ever had sex with someone from Spain, you're a pedophile now. Fuck. Um, but according to Spanish <laughs> law, uh, uh, <laughs> and, 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 and there's just like all of these um, uh, secret laws that you can use to uh, um, uh, legally, you know, scare quotes around legal, I guess. Um, uh, 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 enact like these like false flag operations basically to to keep people in check. So um, uh, uh, yeah, this, so uh, fucking this, insane. Yeah, so this, like... this ex CNI <laughs> officer is basically saying that you know the, the Spanish government or elements within the Spanish government you know at least let it happen in the same way that you know the United States did let nine eleven happen. Mm. Ooh, you know, be but, careful! Uh, You're going to yeah. get us in trouble with the listeners again. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, the uh, um, the, uh, the terrorist attack um, in uh, Catalonia that um, uh, yeah, spooked everyone um, during that that referendum in 2017. Uh, it was um, a, a total of 16 people died, uh, including a, a a a woman who died as five members of the jihadist cell launched a knife attack on the beachfront. Um. And uh, and they did that after uh, they drove from their original attack in Barcelona to the um, uh, a knife attack uh, on a beach. And it's uh, uh, apparently the, the so-called mastermind of, of that attack was a um, uh, a CNI informant. And that's like the Secret Service. Yeah, yeah, the secret, like, yeah, like the 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 secret police of Spain, is the CNI, uh, the imam that was behind it in in a a, a ripple, R I P O L L ripple, um, uh, was a confirmed uh, CNI informant. So it, they at the very least let it happen, if not uh, in the same way that like the United States will like give uh, some person that's having like a really bad year or month like a bunch of like C4 and weapons and be like, Oh man, like, yeah, you really do hate the government. Don't you? And then like, they go do something and then they're yeah. like, Oh, we caught him. <laughs> <laughs> do it. You yeah. won't. 
Yeah, which is yeah, which is which is literally like every single uh, headline where the FBI says like they caught a uh, a would be terrorist attack or something. It's they it's that that, that pretty much every single one. You, but in you, this case, you, they didn't catch them; they just killed yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, shit's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of the government doing, doing a gladio, do, yeah. <laughs> Um, do we want to talk about this hostage situation from yesterday? Yeah, please. I've actually been blissfully unaware of what has happened yesterday. So please inform me. So yesterday there was a hostage situation in Fort Worth, Texas, where a man took, I think it was like four people hostage in a synagogue. Um, and the man was, uh, by reports, Pakistani and David, you were telling me that like he's dead now but they're so all the hostages were fine they were released but he's dead and they won't say how he died right yeah correct as as of a recording on sunday uh afternoon uh, as far as we could find there are no reports of saying like what this guy's name is which is really weird because they always put the name out there you know yeah his name his relationship to afia he called himself uh so we haven't mentioned afia yet but Oh yeah, sorry. The, the, um, he's demanding the release of uh, Afia Siddiqui, who we'll get into who that is in a second, and why this makes it so uh, spooky. Right? Is that like he called Afia Siddiqui his sister, but they looked, they like found her siblings, and the, at least the report is that the reporting is that not literally like by blood his sister. Afia is not his sister, but like. Um, they're not saying who this guy is. They're saying that he's dead, but they don't say why or how. Uh, but all of the um, hostages have been released. So that's um, currently the, 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 the situation. But yeah, let's get into um, why he, uh, who Afia Siddiqui is and why uh, he wants that, uh, this person released. Was he the only person that, that passed in the incident? Yes. Yes. All right. So Afia Siddiqui is a MIT trained neuroscientist. Um, she's Pakistani and she um, was at one point like in the top list of wanted Al Qaeda members. And um, she, w- she just... was called Lady Al Qaeda as like pretty much every story like wants you to know. Yeah, oh. she was called Lady Al Qaeda, which is kind of sexist. Like why you don't call them like. Sir Al, Mr. Al, Mr. Al Qaeda, Mr. Al Qaeda, gentleman Al Qaeda. <laughs> so, so she was convicted in 2009 of um, assault and attempted murder, um, based on this. Uh, so this is the government story that, and it's a really fantastical story. So she was picked up and held in a detention center in um, near Kabul. And she had so they they picked up her and her 11 year old son arrested her and brought brought her to this detention center. And um, so she's so these Americans were brought in to interrogate her and she was in a room, uh, according to the story, hiding behind a long yellow curtain. One of the American soldiers sat down, laid uh, his rifle by his foot next to the curtain. She snatches the gun. She points it at them. She fires off two shots and screams, get the fuck out of here and Allahu Akbar. 
Um, nobody was hit. They shot her in the abdomen. She went into surgery. She almost fucking died. They had to cut her open and pick out all these bullets. Um, then she was detained. And uh, supposedly she had a long history of very suspicious involvement with Al-Qaeda. The first incident where we where she sort of gets picked up on the government's radar was in May of 2002. So right after the September 11th attack. And uh, she and her husband bought all of the they bought $10,000 worth of night vision goggles, body armor and 45 military style books, including the anarchists arsenal. Military um, style books. That is a new one. Yeah, right. <laughs> Military style. Are they like all in camo? Like all their yeah. all their dust all their, their dust jackets are camouflage. Um her husband said that they bought the equipment for hunting and camping expeditions. Um shortly Which, after let, that let's be let's be real though. Like if they were uh like a white uh, <laughs> Yeah, if they were white and like the dad like the husband was like the uh, the manager of a Chipotle yeah. Like, this would not be an issue whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Like, quite literally, it would be odd if she was not buying a ton of expensive military tech after being an MIT-trained neuroscientist. Yeah. Pretty much yeah, all those Months people. after the September yeah. 11th attacks, yeah. 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 Um, so, she and her husband moved back to Pakistan. Their marriage is just falling apart. They divorce in August of uh, 2002. Um. And at this point, she has she has three children. She just gave birth to her third her third child. Uh, in Christmas of that year, she leaves the kids behind with her mother in Pakistan and goes back to the United States. And while she's there, um, she opened a post bo- a post office box that was in the name of Mahid Khan, who was an alleged Al Qaeda operative um, who was accused of a plot to blow up some some uh, gas stations in Baltimore, and. Uh, Prosecutors said at her trial that this post box was uh, to facilitate his entry into the U.S. So short, so six months after her divorce, she remarries to a man named Amar al-Baluchi, who is a supposedly a nephew of Khalid Sheikh Mohammed of the of 9-11 fame. Um, Not many people know that uh, uh, John Belushi, like the Belushi family, <laughs> like married into Al-Qaeda royalty. Like, it's, it's a little... <laughs> little known fact um the marriage uh quickly fell apart i think it says that they got married over the phone if i'm correct um and, and she married somebody over the phone i don't know if it was this guy or not but uh oh, they were really blazing that? a trail before covid yeah, yeah right <laughs> <laughs> damn i didn't know you could you could get married over the phone uh well it's in pakistan so maybe you can there and not here i don't know right. um, do you accept charges <laughs> I do. I, I do. do. <laughs> so then in 2003, the FBI issues a global alert for Siddiqui and her ex-husband, um, Ahmad Khan. Uh, and then a couple of weeks after that, she vanishes. Now, according to her family, she got into a taxi with her three kids to head for the Karachi airport and she never made it. Um Khan, her ex-husband, was interviewed by the FBI in Pakistan and then was later released. So at first, so it she was, vanished in Pakistan. Huh? She yeah, vanishes she vanished. In yeah, Pakistan. she was. She headed for the Karachi airport, and then nobody. She she was gone. Nobody saw her again. Um. So originally, it was assumed that she was picked up by the ISI, Interservice Intelligence, which is Pakistan's spy agency, um, on order from the CIA. 
And this was this theory was confirmed by American media reports that her name had been given up by uh, the 9-11 instigator known as Mohammed, who was captured three weeks earlier. But he had been waterboarded 183 times that month. So take that with a grain of salt. 183 times in a month? How many times is that a day? To stop getting waterboarded 183 times. That's like six times a day, isn't it? Uh, uh, yeah, I guess it doesn't yeah, take very long yeah. to be waterboarded, so you can really fit in yeah. quite a few waterboardings in a Jesus day. Jesus fucking That's Christ. True. So what happens next is uh, fuzzy. Um, she was either, so the United States government says that she went into hiding with her children. She and her family say that she was basically like, you know, sent to a black site and tortured. Um. Uh, she was she was missing for five years. Uh, they said that she went to the Bagram Detention Center um, where, you know, she was tortured. Uh, a British journalist named Yvonne Ridley insists that she is the they they call her the Grey Lady of Bagram. Um, that is my favorite uh, nickname for her. It's I think so that cool. sounds so fucking cool. <laughs> you guys, I, I have decided that I now go by the Grey Lady of Troy. That's just that's my new name. I don't know that's what to a tell great you. idea. You're wearing um, Grey. <laughs> yeah, I am. And so according to this journalist, she says that uh she kept the uh Siddiqui kept prisoners awake with her haunting sobs and piercing screams. In 2005, male prisoners were so agitated by her plight that they went on hunger strike for 6 days. So like there's a lot of detail about her being detained, but no detail about her being on the run. So that's like a little fishy, right? Yeah, how dare she keep those other prisoners up while being tortured? Yeah, that's that's rude. <laughs> I hate um, when the when you have bad neighbors. Yeah, right. It <laughs> makes the worst. everything else suck. Oh, I'm sorry. It's it's really honestly hard to joke about black sites. Like, what a I fucking know. horrible country we we live in. Yeah. yeah. So every security agency and the, all the three-letter agencies uh, deny that she was ever held. But, of course, like, they deny this shit all the time. Like, of course they deny it. It's why would they admit to it? There's no benefit to admitting that they held this woman, especially because she is, like, she has become this symbol of anti-imperialism in Pakistan. Um, and so, yeah, just so I'm clear, like, the reason they're holding her, is this to do with the time they shot her after she allegedly, like, took m- multiple of them on in, like, you know, point-blank scenario and, like, somehow missed? So this is what's really strange, is that they claim that they have all of this evidence of her connections to al-Qaeda and the Taliban and terrorism, but what she was prosecuted for was assault and attempted murder. So why didn't they prosecute her on any of the terrorism charges that they so clearly have? According to them. Or they, or they so clearly say they have. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, all they have to do is say they have it. Like, it's not like there's, you know, that, that, well, that's the evidence. Well, well hold Taking... on, Brittany. There are FISA courts, all right? And the FISA courts <laughs> make sure that our limit, limitless war on terror is legal and lawful, yeah. right? We just can't see what those FISA courts do or like what the arguments are or any of the documents connected to them. It's all very above board. (laughs) And then there's the idea that like we can't release these people because we've tortured them for a decade. And like they'll probably seek revenge on us with the rest of their life. Like, old. no, we radicalized these people. They were fine when they came in, but now they're all radicalized. So we can't we can't be letting them out. They're all radically. 
Yeah. So there's a bunch of other like kind of weird twists in the story. I'll post the whole Guardian article in the show notes. But she was like uh, obsessed with jihad. Like she was and not not like the, you know, blowing up people type of jihad, but like the like she wanted to. Yeah. Like the Yeah. The Quran, uh, you know definition of jihad like she wanted to go to all of these places where people were suffering from u.s imperialism and um you know she was just she was an activist like yeah sounds like a a, a radical muslim john brown yeah yeah like john brown was a a a religious radical right and that like his religious conviction about how evil fucking slavery was. He was, he thought he was doing Jesus's work when, you know, he uh, mounted the uh, assault on Harper's ferry and like armed a bunch of uh, slaves to kill their, their um, owners. Like, yeah. That shit's based. Um, yeah. Prove him wrong. Right? The, <laughs> the story though, that she like grabbed this guy's rifle and then like shot at them, but missed and then screamed Allahu Akbar and then got like, you know, shot herself and then disappeared forever. Um, it just, it reminds me of so much bullshit that we've heard. Like, remember the Sarnayev brothers? Uh, I probably mis- mispronounced that, but Sarnayev like, uh, uh, brothers. Um, yeah. And uh, they had like, I think it was like another brother or like some relative who was getting investigated in his home by FBI agents and allegedly like, two armed FBI agents. He like lunged at them in his home with a knife and they just like blew his head off. Yeah. And like, they're like, yep, that's, that's that. Yeah. Remember <laughs> how that happened? And then we just like never talked about it again, even though just it was memory old. bizarre and ridiculous. Yeah. So, um, you know, she was like interested in going to Bosnia to like fight on behalf of, uh, Muslims there. And, um, so then in 2009, her trial comes, right? She's been detained by the government. Her trial comes up. Lest we think that she's like a, you know, a hero of downtrodden peoples everywhere. Um, she is very upset that her attorneys, that her assigned court attorneys are Jewish. Like she boycotts the trial because she, what did she specifically say about? She once, she had once written that Jews are, quote, cruel, ungrateful, backstabbing people. Which gives a little bit of context to this hostage takers targeting of a synagogue, right? Like yeah. this, mm. you know. Because hashtag not all Jews. Yes, that's true. I not can say Jews. that. No, none of you can. But yeah, I, yeah it, <laughs> what's it's, funny uh, though is that like a lot of Jews have yeah. come out saying that she is being unfairly detained. Um, maybe like it's like J- JVP. Yeah, we should. Uh, yeah. yeah, this is where it really starts getting interesting, because or at least like. Where the I would say the motivations for for the deep state actors to like start uh, to to do something around this is because there is a ton of mainstream support for Afia Siddiqui, you know, like uh, uh, anti-Semitic views aside, um, you know, like you have like Linda Sassor, like the lady that was like at the front of the women's march, like the most mm-hmm, lib mm-hmm. thing in the world. Right. And uh, um coming out in texas uh with the local um uh care which is like the the adl for muslims you know uh, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. i forgot what it stands for um council but, on uh, american is islamic, islamic relations, relations yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's very it's you know it's a very milk toast mainstream or, or organization right uh, and they're hosting stuff to like release afia Siddiqui. You know, mm. and it's happening in Texas, like two weeks 
before this hostage situation, like they were having uh, fundraisers and like media events to get her out. And where is she being held right now? In Fort Worth, Texas, which was where Uh, the hostage taking happened. Got it. Um, Even the this one is like one of the more interesting ones to me. The Boston Steelworkers Union has come out in her support. Interesting. I, I don't know why. Um, well, it, it seems like a cause, you know, celebre, you know, kind of for, sort of standing in for uh, as an individual case, like all of the fucked up political prisoners that we take, like sort of like a Mumia, Abu Jamal or like a Leonard Peltier, like just sort of um, representative of a whole bunch of people that our state is like, like oppressing and repressing and like keeping locked up for political purposes. Yeah. So that's that's the story. Um, it's very, well. Thank you for t- telling me about it. I, I actually hadn't heard about her. Uh, me either. I had I had this. never heard about her until uh, I think it was last night was when they announced that that was when news reported that she was the reason that he was holding these these hostages was he was demanding her release and I was just like who I've never heard of this person. Um, she got a real fucking long Wikipedia page. And then, you know, I dug up a couple of articles on her, all of which will be posted in the show notes. But very interesting story, very bizarre, very sort of um, classic, like three letter agency, double speak and stories that don't make any sense at all. And I mean, it makes a lot more sense to me that she was black sided for five years than that she was actually able to go into hiding with three children. For five years. That's fucking nuts. Like, even Osama bin Laden couldn't pull that shit off. And yeah. he had, you know, a lot of folks. So. Glad nobody, none of the hostages got killed. Um, yeah, it's wonderful that they all made it out. Um, I keep, you know, may, maybe by the time you're listening to this Monday evening or whenever you hear it, uh, they will have given more information about the hostage taker. But it's just so weird that we know that he was killed, but we don't know his name and we don't know how he died he's like it's like one thing that is very strange is that um you know like there, you can't really base a really any sort of theory or or like uh um you can't take a lot away from like the early reporting of these sorts of things because even if nothing nefarious is going on you know you get all sorts of weird uh cross chatter and people uh, um, misquote things and misunderstand stuff. But like what, what's strange uh, is that, you know, okay, so this is a hostage situation, right? Where you would obviously need to uh, like communicate publicly about like, Hey, I have these hostages. Here's the thing that I want. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, th- this uh, synagogue was l- live streaming their uh um their service right it was on zoom like everything else right Mm -hmm. and when he when the guy comes in it's also on facebook live stream uh uh he he's like the the uh, the the, um uh the star telegram says that before the facebook live stream was taken offline about 2 p.m an angry man could be heard ranting at times talking about religion the video did not show what was happening in the building the man repeatedly mentioned his sister and Islam and used profanities. He was heard asking for his sister to be released from prison and that he uh, said repeatedly he believed he was going to die. 
and then he also starts saying stuff about how we had a deal. So sister, I think, has been used in more of like a um, like the hashtag uh, that's come up around her by activists is like free sister Afia. Yeah. So I think sister is more used like in like a religious honorary. sense, like a camaraderie sense. Yeah, um, yeah I, I think th- so too. She was named something. It was either like sister of Pakistan, sister in Pakistan, daughter of Pakistan. Some, I, I can't remember which one it was, but like I think he probably wasn't speaking literally. Um, yeah, like I don't I don't think Cornell. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Cornell West is literally related to everybody he talks about. <laughs> <laughs> Oh goodness! But but I but what I'm way more uh, um, interested in is the is like these things that you hear him saying, um, that about like about a deal. Well, I mean that's what hostage take. That's the point of hostage taking is to make a deal. You gotta. I think I think David's saying like we had a deal. Yeah, we you know, had in, like, a, a deal. Like, like a uh, previous deal that has been broken. Huh. Well, the U.S. government would never renege on a deal. So yeah, no, that doesn't that's yeah, yeah, that, that that's, possibility. That never happens. I, I, including, like, you know, for example, when uh, 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 when we, we, we told uh, the former Wa- Warsaw Pact nations that we wouldn't expand NATO, and then we did, and now uh, we have a standoff in Ukraine. Yeah, what do you, how, what do you guys take on that? Like I've I've heard uh, a bunch of different uh, opinions on it. One that it's like all bluster, which is to say that like it's just sort of routine military exercises, and they're just localizing it for like basically negotiation chips with the West. Um, but other people are like, oh no, like we could this could pop off in a World War Three like any day now. Yeah, I, th- I think the I mean, thing that is 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 just like really fucked up, just sort of generically, is that we. Is that, is that what I just said was true? That like yeah, yeah, part yeah. of the you know like a Cold War pact that we yep. broke, the United States broke, was mm-hmm. that we wouldn't expand NATO, but we yeah. keep expanding NATO closer and closer to Russia. Uh, and, and, and Russia say, wants and, to join NATO, and NATO is like, no, you're the entire point of us existing is to be anti-you. <laughs> right? Yeah, and it's <laughs> NATO is like such a unique organization that like far exceeds the life of like the problem big scare quotes around problem that was meant to solve right as like an alliance against the soviet bloc and now the soviet bloc is gone so like why does nato still exist it exists to like keep the eurasian continent in check and in like doing the bidding of the united states is like yeah, basically all it's like a friend, uh, a clubhouse, like a like a treehouse clubhouse for American interests. <laughs> and, and and Russia, Mother Russia is like, can I come in? And they're like, no girls allowed. You know, um, <laughs> and, and 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 so like the, the fact that, um, you know, like either it, whether it's Kazakhstan or Ukraine, like have like border disputes or or uh, internal political issues like. Russia is the has a sphere of influence and it's a it's a hegemon it's a regional hegemon at least mm-hmm. and the and the fact that the United States could just like come and go wait no sorry no we don't like that is like who the fuck are we you know it's, it's like this not our you know, like we you know like I know America has no friends they only have interests but like that's not like and we we obviously have interests in the region but like sh- shut the fuck up go home I don't know 
Yeah, really I really annoying. don't know what U.S.'s end game goal is with in regards to Russia. It's right. very he's bizarre. Like, yeah, he's like that's the problem with like negotiating with the United States and an issue like this is because like our demands are obscene, are like obscene and ridiculous, and like no self respecting nation, including Russia, would submit to them because yeah. all of the all of the demands are like you know don't police your borders and shit. And it's like I don't like borders, but like of course like these countries or, are going to do that because yeah, or, or, or North Korea where it's just like, Oh yeah, just unilaterally disarm and we'll stop sanctioning you. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. trust or us. Like, yeah. Or what we do, you know, Cuba. it we're totally worked out with Libya. Like, right. you know? yeah. Or <laughs> Cuba or Iran. Yeah. Right. Where like we, we do make like, uh, uh, pacts with these nations and then we renege on them like all the time. Like there's no reason to trust us, especially it's since the art of the like, deal. It's the art of the deal. Yeah, right. There's no reason to trust us. Not only because like we just have like ideologically believe we're the best, and like like no international law should apply to us because we have like a law in the books that literally says we will invade the Hague if any American citizen is tried in the International Criminal Court. That's true. Like, <laughs> like, but we also just like we like the new president changes or or you know like around the world congress is known as just like an insane institution filled with like like uh, snake handlers and, and and real estate uh you know like weirdos and like like of course like no one's gonna do a deal with us because we'll change it yeah either yeah. because we want to or because someone new shows up that doesn't believe in anything that the last guy said so you know fucking whatever Xi Jinping, just fucking deal with this, please. <laughs> I mean, if we had if we had global cooperation and world peace, like how could we justify spending more than half of our discretionary budget on arms and weapon systems that you know become obsolete in ten years? Yeah, for real. It's jobs. It's I don't jobs. know why you're so anti jobs. Right. Like, I, I thought you were pro worker. Univer- uh, yeah, universal uh, um, employment program to make the F thirty five fly in the rain. <laughs> So uh, the New York Times just published this um, article after doing like some surveys and some interviews with basically millennials, folks our age, people in their uh, mid 30s and early 40s, maybe. And fuck, folks don't want to breed. Um, the article is called To Breed or Not to Breed, which is a little distasteful, I think. But uh, uh, there's something about just like breeders. I don't know. It's, it's a very anti-breeder yucky. terminology to use the the uh, phrase breed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and, and don't the Zoomers say stuff breeders. like I would breed her or something like that? Oh, yeah. Breedable, it, yeah. Breedable. Yeah, breedable. Is a, yeah. Uh, yeah. Which I don't also, like either. so weird. Yeah. It makes me feel yucky. I don't care for it. But that's you know, how you know we're old when we, right. we become you know very repelled by the the language of the younger generation yeah but what's interesting to me most about this article is they're looking at like the reason that people uh aren't having kids and they focus a lot on climate change population control and political instability but mm-hmm. And when they're reporting on respondents and what they say, most of them are saying it's economic, like it's financial. Yeah. Cost I mean, of child, cost of mm-hmm. child care, cost of living, uh, instability of jobs. And I just found it kind of interesting that, like, I think it's more comforting for the sort of like mouthpiece of the ruling elite, like as the New York Times is. 
to say mm-hmm. like, yeah, they're worried about these things that are totally outside of our control, like climate change and international political instability. Mm-hmm. When it's like, no, it's stuff like inside of our control, like yeah. chi- the cost of child care, which we did, you know, an episode with Ashley about uh, yeah. a couple months ago on like just the outrageous cost of child care and like the like it, it even more so like it's inaccessibility. Yeah. What as, was it? As 60, Ashley told us. 60 to 1? Like yeah. ratio of children wanting or needing childcare and uh, available like actual childcare like slots and needing to get on a waiting list like the moment you find out you're pregnant. I mean, it's just wild. I personally like have never wanted to have kids, even when I was. I, I got my mom gave me this. It was called a water baby. Probably, uh, uh, lady listeners of my age might remember this, but. It was this like little plastic doll that you filled up with warm water and it was supposed to like have the like feel of a feel of a baby, <laughs> but it just felt like a plastic bag full of warm water. It was really gross. So it, it, of a baby. <laughs> you know, like when you're shaking the baby and you can feel its blood inside of it, you know, and you're just but, like, you have to recreate that, you know, was the idea, was the idea to like double as like a hot water bottle for like cold nights? No, it was just meant to feel like a baby, but it really didn't. Okay, okay. Um, That's fucking But, like, weird. I was just never really into it, and even when I, you know, became old enough to start making that decision for myself. So everything in this article has, at this point, just been sort of confirmation of my decision. But yep. it is really fucked up that there are people who are our age, and even people who are older than our age, who are reaching the point where they have to make a decision, like, now. Um who are foregoing it because they don't want to bring another human being into this incredibly fucked up world. I just, I find that very tragic. Yeah. Yeah. It's really tragic. Like this quote, it just jumped out at me. Harnessing the love I have for my unborn hypothetical kid comforts me in sparing them an inhospitable future. She said in this way, my choice feels like an act of love. Like, yeah. You know, whether or not like the evidence proves out that um your, your hypothetical kid is going to have an inhospitable future or not, um that is an incredibly bleak like thought to have. Well, and I think like people who I think the more that you come to understand what climate change truly means, which is like global droughts and famines and like potentially a police state and like you know, just it's not just like it's going to get hotter or the weather is going to get bad, but like all of the add ons to that, to those, all of the consequences of those changes. Like, I think the more that you truly understand that, the scarier it is to think of, you know, raising a tiny human in that world. And I don't I don't say any of this to like if, if you have kids and you've decided to have kids, I, that's great. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that decision at all. I don't think that like some people frame it as a moral issue. I, I don't, you know. I don't ever want to give the impression that I think it's wrong to have kids uh, regardless of what world you're bringing them into. But like it is I can totally get why it feels like a moral decision not to have kids. But it also seems like a very individualistic moral decision, which is is. to say, like, we need social reproduction. Like We need to have humans to take care of each other and to keep society and civilization like functioning. Like the idea, uh, if we all just decided not to have kids anymore, it's like, yeah, we would see the extinction of the human race. And like, maybe that'd be better for, uh, for the eco side. Like, you know, I could see having like a ecocentric perspective that's like, oh, no, we should go extinct. Um, but if we're deciding to not go extinct, like as a species level project, there's going to be children. 
And those children are going to live in a life, in a world, and if they are outnumbered 10 to 1 by, like, elderly and adults, that's going to be really bad, too, you know? Well, I mean, there's definitely, that's certainly not anywhere near in danger of happening. Like, the birth rate has dropped, like, uh, it was, like, 0.4% or something. It's not going down nearly enough for that to be a risk. And I'm sure if most of these people were asked, okay, either you have a child or the human race dies out, they would probably say, okay, I will have a child. But the fact is, mm-hmm. like, we're surrounded by people who are having kids. Mm-hmm. If you don't want your potential child to go through this sort of hellscape that you're envisioning the future to be. That's, I think, a different decision than saying, like, no, I think the human race should die out. And yeah. I would be happy if that happened. But, like, if you look at certain countries, like Japan, for example, has, like, four retirees for every working adult right now. Like, it's got what's called an inverted social pyramid, and it causes a lot of social distress. Like, like there's, you know, I mean, like, have you ever seen Children of Men? Yeah. Oh, man. I rewatched that movie not too long ago. Yeah, it's, it's, it's real shit. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, like, you know, the central, you know, theses of that movie is that if there's not a coming generation to, like, inherit the world, then, like, everything we're doing is really pointless. And, like, therefore, like, it just falls into absolute chaos. So, I can see a moral argument being made to have children, which is to say, like, to have skin in the game for wanting to do everything you can to make the next generation not as much of a hellscape as possible. Like, if, you know... I, I don't know. I, I just feel like that argument needs to be, you know, made explicit. Yeah, there's a, um, I, th- I think there's a reason why, you know, like, uh, um, listeners, longtime listeners might remember our episode on Mark Fisher and uh, mm-hmm. capitalist realism. But like, mm-hmm. he starts uh, the book Capitalist Realism with a discussion of child- of that movie, Children of Men. Mm-hmm. And he has this uh, quote that I come back to a lot, where he says, I want to argue this anxiety of about catastrophe and capitalism. Um, this anxiety cries out to be read in cultural terms. And the question the film poses is, how long can a culture persist without the new? What happens if the young are no longer capable of producing surprises? I think that's that that keeps that keeps coming back to me as 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 well is like, you know, yeah, you're right, Chris. I th- yeah, like there are like I, I don't think it's disconnected that like. Japan has like a, a horrific suicide rate and they have that inverted social pyramid. I think that has some, I think those two things are at least connected. They're, I doubt if they're causal, but like, I, I, I think that you can't separate the two. And while at the same time, the, the, all those conversations about like Malthusian, like we have too many people stuff that yeah, carrying scar- capacity. Yeah. That, yeah. That shit scares me because like, uh, that that really quickly goes into okay, which uh, which group who's of people to are, are, yeah. are we yeah. working? Yeah, yeah. who's it's going like, to get ex- 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 very exterminated? Quickly. Yeah, yeah. And, and at the same time, that's like also a problem because like I feel like we need to to sort of come to grips with the material reality of the moment we find ourselves in, have a nuanced discussion about carrying capacity. Which is to say, like, what, and lifestyle, which has a lot to do with it. You know, like, for example, like, the rich West is what seeing, um, or, you know, you call the developed nations, whatever, um, a birth rate decline. Like, you're not seeing as much of a birth rate decline in most of the developing world. And also, most of the developing world that's seeing a, um, you know, uptick in population uh, density is also way lower carbon footprint per capita. 
And so yeah. like in terms of causal effects to like the further deterioration of the, you know, ecosystem, et cetera, like the places that are having higher birth rates are like less responsible. Um, and at the same time, if they were to increase their quote unquote standard of living, i.e. consumption um, in, you know, degradation of the environment to something close to what is like standard in you know, the quote unquote developed richer Western countries, um, the ecocide would definitely be extremely accelerated. And so like having a conversation about like what we should be doing as a species uh, vis-a-vis um, social reproduction, um, you know, I think has to happen. But the fact that it's atomized down to a to breed or not to breed individualist assessment per like, you know, hypothetically parenting couple is sort of like beside the point like we need to have like a reevaluation of like the game rules by which we're playing as a species to like have a you know like a logical conversation about what we should do uh you know as it relates to to procreate or not and like in and, and if we do like what should we change about our society so that we can procreate and like not have it be both a fiscal disaster or uh you know accelerate the eco side or whatever yeah i um, I, I, I i think the uh, uh I agree on the on the on the last point, though. I, I'm always of the opinion that, uh, like, uh, um, we have the caring capacity for the people that that exist, and actually more. But we uh, uh, starve people on purpose for capitalism's sake. We have um, an incredibly inefficient I, productive system, like, yes. or really distribution Agreed. system, right? Well, yes. yeah. he's yeah. like we like throw milk down the toilet and yeah. and and burn crops throw away to keep clothes the prices after up. six months yeah. yeah 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 so i i i think that really the 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 issue is more about like the fact that we uh have disastrous like, like capitalism requires uneven development yep. as like a core feature and that is why our carrying capacity as a planet seems to be reaching its peak when in fact i we i i think if we you know we we had something way more um egalitarian it would, it would actually be better but I, I i do really like the point that you made chris that like uh um individuating this problem is that the way that this article does right the way it frames the problem is driving the problem right yeah that because like so much of human history when it comes to social reproduction and raising children is like a group effort and it is very Mm -hmm. strange and uh and abnormal that here in like 21st century america it's expected that like yeah it's yeah it's like yeah like raising a kid is just like a series of consumer choices that you make with uh, a partner that you may or may not keep around right it's it's very it's very weird and of course it's really expensive on the individual it's really uh uh, time consuming and incompatible with all the other demands that society makes on you because none of this is natural like this is not this is not how people are supposed to be raised yeah and every single aspect of keeping a child alive and raising them into a functioning adult is a profit center like down to similac diapers like you know even when the government gives away money to like food stamps you know that's being used to buy like you know for-profit goods at full cost and so you know like uh but 
but yeah, Bookchin talks about how the uh, the ecological crisis is an extension of our social crisis, and that it is characterized by the simultaneous overproduction of things and under distribution of things. So to that end, I completely agree. We could be way, way better in terms of um, how we treat the world if we were more egalitarian and essentially shared more and like had a planned economy. Um, and at the same time, a lot of our caring capacity right now is done by taking fossil fuels, turning them into artificial fertilizers, and then pumping them into the ground and then eventually into the atmosphere. And so like, in terms of literally like the, you know, uh, mechanical aspects of like keeping a billion people alive, I think it's still being done in an un, a hyper unsustainable method. But that isn't to say it's like, scientifically impossible to keep 8 billion people alive using organic farming and like, you know, uh, low uh, impact methodologies. Like we could probably do it, but it would look radically different than it does today. I also like don't, and maybe this is because like I'm a person capable of producing a child, but like, yes, there is, it's important to take like the macro view of, you know, why are we individuating this choice in the way that we talk about it? Uh, really, things should be done more communally. We can have all of these more efficient distribution systems. Like I get all of that, but, you know, this article is talking primarily to women about their choice not to have a child. And for a woman, that is an individual choice that you make for yourself. Like that is to, when you have a child, this isn't just true for like people with, you know, my reproductive organs, but like your their pain is your pain until you die. Like that's just mm -hmm. the nature of having a child. Like you will, every pain that they feel, you will feel it until the day that you die. And mm -hmm. so the idea of raising a child in a world that is inhospitable, that is um, full of suffering is that's like a deeply individual, almost like almost like spiritual decision that you have to make. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't like I, I feel like some of that gets lost in these conversations of like, but we're not we're, we're not overpopulated. And like we should be having children who will do something about the climate crisis. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, all of those are like, I think, important political points to make. But like, don't miss the forest, forest for, the for the trees. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, the the fact is that. Like there are millions of people who are our age who are capable of bearing children who are making a very, very painful decision because they don't want to watch a child suffer until the day that they die. And mm. like that's yeah. a perfectly legitimate decision to make. And, um, you know, I, I it's hard being a, like a woman who's of childbearing age because you'll just find especially older people who like constantly make it their business to know whether or not you're having children and when you're going to have children and oh you'll change your mind when you get older or oh you'll regret it when you can no longer have children and like i've heard that my whole fucking life of especially yeah, like older men love to tell you that you know <laughs> if you don't have a child your life serves no purpose and i think that women are kind of just sick of being told that uh yeah, and some of this may be like backlash to that whether they mm. say it whether they admit it to the new york times or not um, and so I guess like that's sort of the, the angle that I come at this topic from is that like, we're very lucky in the developed world to have greater control over our reproductive habits than mm -hmm. ever before in history and anywhere else in the world. Like Chris, you're talking about, you know, how developing nations, the third world are not seeing birth, birth rate de uh, Decline, decreases yeah. the way that we are. That is in large part because we have a lot more control over whether or not we create a baby. Like mm -hmm. we have access to prophylactics. We have access mm -hmm. to abortion. We have access to 
better, just better family planning in general with, you know, women in the United States and in much of Western Europe have more control over whether or not we are like subjected to unwanted sex than women in other countries where they have fewer human rights. So like there are there are a ton of factors that go into all of this. Um, And one of the reasons that the topic was interesting to me to bring up is like the sort of like like the psychic element of it the, the you know it's true we do need social reproduction we need responsible social reproduction but that's not our fucking job like that's yeah. we're just tired of being told that that's our job frankly yeah and so if the human race dies off because of that then good fuck them fuck all of you because <laughs> yeah. we've been told for millions of years that our only fucking value on this planet is to have a baby and we're tired <laughs> so a lot of us are saying we're not doing it anymore we're done that was I, I, my, you know, that was my grandmother. I'm not, I'm not doing that shit anymore. I think well, there really is something to be said for like how I, I can't think of another, I can't think of a counterfactual to the, what I'm pretty sure is a statistical truth that any nation that uh, gets the, where their standard of living goes up, the birth rate declines. Like, I, I'm pretty sure that happens that's like, like a general truism. Yeah, yeah. And 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 I think what what Brittany's describing is generally like the driving factor of that. And 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 I uh though what I really wanted to what Brittany was saying really reminded me of was like these arguments that like oh well like it's just because you are currently in a very like comfortable position that you can catastrophize the future. Right. And like humans have raised children in much worse, more gruesome circumstances. Yeah. So just kind of like, you know, stop, stop uh, uh, wringing your hands and and, and pops them out. And And I think the difference, though, here is that the threat is like end game. Like, it's yeah, it's not a war ends like a drought ends. Uh, an inhospitable environment can be left for a more hospitable one. Yeah, yeah. but an accelerating inhospitable <laughs> planet, you know, doesn't spell um, success for, you know, like, I, I try to think about that shit all the time. Like, it's what, 2022 now, right? So if you were to have a um, a children, a child today, right, they would be, what, 78 by the time it was 2100? Like, what the fuck is Earth going to look like in 2100? <laughs> A like cinder. How, like how much? What is how, it going to look like in twenty forty? Like yeah, when like, your child much, is still like, yeah, like, like basically this, a kid. Yeah, this New York Times article goes out to just like you know point out some pretty fucked up um, statistics about like you know eighty percent of biomass has been reduced in in the ocean over the like the last forty years or whatever. It's like yeah, we are. We've had this conversation before. The ocean is already dead. Like, yeah. it's not a question of it's going to be dead, but I can't remember. Where was that? Chris, you were the one who brought it up. It was some like it was like some, something you'd read or watched. But anyway, it was like whether or not the ocean is dead is relative to past ocean and relative to yeah. what the ocean was 50 years ago. The ocean is dead. Is dead. Yeah. And um, in some day it will be, you know, like dead to the point where it can't you know produce most of the oxygen we breathe yeah. and like you know that that's going to be a problem it's going to be a problem um and that i don't know like yeah we can't pump uh, more oxygen out of the ground like we can oil 
Yeah. So I guess my message is for, um, you know, the, the owners of our society and if they, you know, want more social reproduction. So the, um, you know, capitalist line go up. Um, I don't know. Do something about uh, childcare. Do something about the oceans being dead. Uh, do something about the overproduction of um, uh, food on soils, and then the wastage of our, you know, uh, precious resources, like all the time. Yeah, but that's um, the thing about capitalism, right? Is that it never thinks long term. It's incapable of thinking long term. A corporate yeah. body with a board of directors is legally obligated not to think long term because they're. Their legal, their fiduciary responsibility is literally to short-term profits. Yeah, so, and like, it's riddled it's, with contradiction, right? So, yeah. like the thing yeah. that, like they, they, you have to produce and extract, even though you, you do like at least intellectually know that this is uh, preventing some other part of the equation. In this case, like more laborers. Well, cool. having children is long-term thinking, so. Yeah, we're gonna have to figure out a way to uh, square that circle. It's a as difficult a society. I don't envy anyone who's currently in the position of making that decision. I really don't. Um, yeah. In fact, I feel very grateful for the fact that I have always been firm in my um, my feelings about it, and mm. I just can't imagine how difficult it is to be, you know, a a, a thirty eight year old person with you know repro- with like. A, a uterus trying to decide whether or not you're going to make a child because yeah. the clock is ticking in so many ways. So many clocks yeah. are ticking all around you. And and of the people I know that have decided to have children, like without exception, all of them are extremely clear eyed about like what is coming down the line ecologically, you know, um, political instabilities, et cetera. And is, you know, thinking about that every day while they, you know, raise their kid. Yep. And they're all like, you know, I have to raise a badass, uh, you know, soldier for good in this yeah. uh, in this fucking crazy war of all versus all that uh, we need to stop. So I guess Tra- I just know some rad parents. So. Teach your kids how to find fresh water. That's probably much more important than the algebra that their fucking eighth grade teacher is teaching them. Actually, teach learning to do cursive. The most important. <laughs> they don't even teach that anymore. Extremely. Important. I never learned cursive. Oh, yeah. I was in California for second and third grade, and I didn't come back to Florida until fourth grade. And in California, they teach cursive in fourth grade, and in Florida, they teach it in third grade. So I just missed it. Oh. Um, and I never learned well, how good to. good for you. When, when you take the SAT and you have to write the little, like, creepy pledge thing <laughs> at the end, it yeah. took, I ran out of time. Like, you have a, t- there's like a two minute time limit on it. And yeah, I, I it straight up ran out of time. I was so afraid I was going to fail the SAT because of it. Uh, well, that's, that's why you're so smart. You you don't have uh, cursive lessons. I have more brain your, power to devote to other things matter. than cursive. Yeah. yeah. Are you, are you boys ready for a couple of, we got two wildflowers this week. Yeah, we're oh gonna boy. fucking need them after that conversation. Oh that's what I'm saying. That's, that's yeah, I'm ready. I'm, saying. I'm ready. Let's they're, do it. They're both COVID related, and it's always good oh, to yeah? get a bit of good news relative to COVID. <laughs> so, you might have heard that uh, weed makes you immune to COVID. Oh yeah, I've been proving recently. it every day. Yep, just <laughs> I'm you, out here. You coat your lungs in the in the dab oil, and it. Yeah. Uh, it just keeps keeps the, keeps the COVID out. This sounds like such like an argument that Donald Trump would make, but if he was like based, <laughs> he'd be like, "Folks, you just smoke the weed." Um, so this Boston Globe article is talking about how that you know this news sort of came out and everybody was like, "Yeah, I smoke weed every day." That's not like quite what the research shows. Um, 
It's only been reproduced in laboratory settings and only by like introducing specific cannabinoids that haven't been exposed to heat to cells. So like it's really not as easy as as the Boston Globe puts it. That doesn't mean it's time to pack the bong and cancel your vaccine booster appointment. <laughs> what a different age a, we live in that line. the Boston Globe is just casually talking about packing bongs. <laughs> Um, yeah. But basically what this suggests is that uh, certain cannabinoids that are found in the cannabis plant um, ha- have are able to prevent the spike protein of COVID-19 from binding to cells. And so the hope is that they can using hemp. So, th- so there are a couple of problems. First of all, it's extraction. Um, they don't know if exposure to heat will reduce or um or or negate this these substances abilities to prevent the binding um mm. but you know they do have like ethanol uh extraction and there are other mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. it doesn't just have to be through butane heat. yep and so um basically what they're hoping is that they can come up with some sort of like oral administrated uh like pr- like prophylactic basically for covid and a pill, a pill yeah and another problem is like, you a know, green pill, if you it's will. <laughs> the green pill. Take the green pill. Um, it's very difficult to know how much of different uh, compounds you're getting out of a particular strain of cannabis because, you know, it varies mm-hmm. a lot. And it's difficult with the technology that we have to know exactly what you're getting. But yeah. there is a hemp, a hope that hemp strains, the kinds of hemp that have been used industrially for decades now, uh, mm-hmm. will be a little easier to get a reliable um, compound extraction from that. And what would be really great about this is that it's something that immunocompromised people, people who are already very susceptible Mm -hmm. to the virus, who maybe can't get vaccinated. um, It's something that they can take to be like, you know, much better protected from COVID. So um, aside from it just being good for all of us, it would be especially good for the people who have been most left behind in this pandemic, which is, you know, people who are receiving cancer treatment or people who have, mm-hmm. you know, other immunocompromising uh, illnesses. So it's very good news. Yeah. Which is also like a group of people that like the, the federal government has just completely written off. Right. Oh, my They're God. Like, yeah, absolutely. If you didn't get the vaccine, you're, you're going to die. die. And that's too bad. <laughs> it's your fault. Yeah. 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 So they're hoping to have a human trial research out by October. Um, Would be cool if it was sooner, but, you know, you take what you can get. So we should know, uh, you know, in a few months whether or not this is going to be a viable. And if it works for this coronavirus, then it could work for other coronaviruses as well. And, you know, we could be looking at like a daily supplement of just like hemp compounds that you can take that will help prevent the spread of all kinds of viruses which would be like so cool while we're on the boston globe website i'm being I, I'm, I'm seeing that the the buffalo bills uh beat the patriots by a lot in a blowout loss and i don't follow football but i know that the patriots are bad uh yeah suck it patriots <laughs> yeah uh, the buffalo bills are like be absolute chick. shit aren't they like a dog shit team nobody I, come after me i'm just asking yeah. uh, i'm just asking questions here I, I, I know that there is a very, a, very a uh, loyal fan base for the Buffalo yeah. Bills that will come and after that. you if you say that. But I do believe that they're that on paper they have not won many games. But they got a lot of heart. Yeah. And that's yeah. what counts. 
we like to see that hustle. Yeah. And uh, on the off chance that you're, you know, able to get a little bit of the extraction um, through, you know, uh, dabbing or smoking or edibles, um, just do a lot of it. Yeah, do so much of it. And then you get enough, and then it'll keep you healthy. You got to coat all your cells in it if you really want to prevent that that spike protein from adhering. I have a new um, favorite Instagram follow for people. Uh, Dabbing underscore granny. Check it out. (laughs) Good good weed channel. She she just takes like massive, massive dabs to the dome every day. And um, yeah. One last thing I want to say about this. She's out here saving lives. Nice. (laughs) One last thing I want to say about the story is that because federal... Because the federal government is such a piece of shit, it's been really difficult for scientists to do all of this research because it's very onerous to get permission to do research with anything related to the cannabis plant. So fucking end end prohibition. Why are we still doing yeah. this? Like, it's fucking, it's, it's stupid. It's so dumb. Yeah, Brandon. Come on. Let's go, let's Brandon. Go. <laughs> let's, get, let's get this over with. <laughs> All right, Chris, you want to tell us about our second wildflower? All right. So this one actually found in the middle of recording this. So I didn't actually read the whole thing. But, you know, as per some of our wildflowers, we're going to go into the gist of it. It's a pretty um, short article. I think we really get the point from the headline, honestly. Yeah. And this is uh, from uh, The Guardian. Uh, and it says, Texas scientists' new COVID-19 vaccine is cheaper, easier to make, and most importantly, patent-free. Yeah. Uh, most importantly, as a editorial choice on my part. Um, and it goes on to explain that um, these Texas scientists uh, working with the Texas Children's Hospital Center for Vaccine Development at Baylor College of Medicine have been developing vaccine prototypes for SARS and MERS since 2011, which they reconstructed to create the new COVID vaccine dubbed Corbivax or the world's COVID-19 vaccine. And that's fucking based. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta say, uh, uh, Peter Hotez, uh, um, who is one of the scientists along with, uh, Maria Batazzi that is, is working on this, just, he, he looks like he's going to save the world with science. Like the man <laughs> is, looks, just exudes wholesomeness in yeah, a way a that I imagine we will find out he is actually a predator eventually, but it's because <laughs> like the world can't be good. But the way I'm looking at him right now, just like this in this lead image picture, he, he just like, I love him so much. I just yeah. like looking at him. He is a teddy bear of science. Yeah, he's like Patch Adams. Um, but also yeah. reminds me of that meme that was going around when Bernie was running. And it, w- it was something along the lines of like, Bernie Sanders has been um, uh, saying the right thing for like a, a generation. But it- he's like the scientist in the Apocalypse movie that nobody takes uh, seriously because he's got unkempt hair and keeps dropping his papers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, breaking news. Uh, the FBI has identified the hostage taker in Texas. Um, he was a British, he was a UK resident, um, named Malik Faisal Akram. And this is saying that the, I'm reading from CNN right now. Um, Joe Biden told reporters that, uh, they just don't have enough facts to speculate why a man targeted the synagogue, but we know like that's not true. 
Like we, he said why he was doing it. Like we've known that for a while. Um, he was sleeping so, during that. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, so yeah, they have identified who it is. Uh, I don't see anywhere that they're saying how he was killed, but I'm sure that we can probably take our best guesses. So that's that. Well, hell yeah. Um, I mean, you know, those, those two wildflowers, um, really brighten my, my day. Yeah. It's a very blistery cold, um, New York Sunday morning. It's too fucking cold. It's like, yeah, it's like three degrees out. We got no degrees. We have practically no degrees. (laughs) It was 50 degrees when I sat down in my studio today. Well, that's nice. Yeah. No, it sucks. Oh, in the studio. In my studio. Yeah. No, in my studio. Yeah. That's where I'm currently sitting. That's real chilly. It's chilly. No, uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Ironweeds, and we hope that you enjoyed it. We got some good feedback on our last bonus episode um, on the Oath Keepers. Wild that he got uh, that uh, Stuart Rhodes got arrested the day that I was editing the episode to be released. Um, glad that it happened before I released it. But uh, <laughs> if you want to hear it, us. if you want to hear that and lots of other wonderful episodes, you can go to Patreon.com/slash/Ironweeds, and uh, for as little as a dollar a month, you get all kinds of shit. Tell us who you want arrested by the federal government, and we'll do a bonus episode about them, and they'll get arrested. Clearly, clearly. And uh, I'm yeah. rounding the corner on the Phyllis Schlafly series for reaction, so uh, oh, get pumped, yeah. folks. It's gonna, it's, I'm hoping to get it out by, I don't know, maybe a couple of weeks here. Hell it's, yeah. It's I'm taken so me, it's taken me so long. It's taken me so long to do it, but you know what? It's gonna be it's good. It's a labor of love. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. So I think that's it. If you want to keep up with us between now and next week, you can find us on Twitter. Ironweed Pod. You can find us on Instagram. Ironweeds Pod. And you can send us an email. Why don't you? At Ironweeds Pod. At gmail.com. Thank you so much. Yeah. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Peace. Another banger for the ages. Another banger for the ages.